Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Welcome to episode seven of the Plant Witch Podcast. The number seven is really special to me and a potent number for sure. And this podcast episode is potent. We go into some dark and deep places, but stay with me because I think it's really important that we go here and we have these conversations. We are standing at a crossroads and I think we need to get real about that. For millennia, humans lived lives that were integrated into the landscape. Our food, clothing, living structures, everything we needed to survive was born directly from the earth by the labor of our own hands. We knew the plants, the waters, and the animals of our landscapes. We knew which plants healed and which were poison. We knew which parts of the animal to eat and which animals to hunt in which seasons. We knew how to take from the land to sustain our own lives and to take in ways that benefited the overall balance of the ecosystem. We were a functioning part of the balance of life and the places where we lived. Around 11,000 years ago, we came to a fork in the road, not unlike this one. At that fork in the road, we made a choice to move outside the flow of life and to direct that flow with our minds and our technology. We began the long and painful process of extracting ourselves from the whole of the landscape. And we started telling ourselves stories about conquering, about humans having dominion, about control, about domestication and certainty. Because this concept was so foreign to our ancestors, we had to be told and taught how to, be act, how to act in this way. We had to be conditioned and kept in line, often with force. It's not in our nature to stay in one place, to become sedentary and placid, to accumulate and amass. We're made to move, to trade, to fight, to exert ourselves. We're like every other creature that emerged from this earth. But after we took this fork in the road, we only exerted ourselves in ways that were deemed acceptable by the chosen ones, the ones who would guide us in this new way of being. These chosen priests and kings and lords and chieftains and emperors, these exalted beings who understood calculating strategy and empire building, they told us how to fight, how to work the land, what to hunt and where and when. Suddenly, the land that had always been sovereign, belonging to itself, home to humans and animals in equal measure, belonged to other men. Property lines were drawn. Not only did we follow the commands of our chosen exalted leader, we paid him with our crops, our herds, and our lives. 
This new way of being spread across the world. Societies that had been matrilineal and matriarchal, that had lived in harmony with other villages and other species, suddenly became warring nations. We fought over territory, over resources, over power. Slowly, over thousands of years, this new way of being infiltrated every corner of the world. Humans rose above the web of life and began to extract from it. The earth itself became a resource to be plundered. We opened her body with mines and wells. We stripped the forest for grazing and to make it harder for invaders to seek cover and for dissidents to hide. We built our fortresses. We concentrated power. We became suspicious alienated from the other species, save for a few that we considered domesticated and over whom we held ultimate power and control. Anything that remained connected to the fabric of life, to the old ways of knowing, was systematically destroyed. Languages lost. Cultures decimated. This new way of being would not tolerate any source of power outside of their chosen god or currency which tended to be one in the same. This fork in the road only emerged after 189,000 years of Homo sapiens living in harmony with the world around us. We've been agricultural, sedentary, accumulating and extracting ourselves from nature for only 5% of our existence. Even as this way of being spread and gained more and more power, there were always subsets of the population that didn't follow the consensus into this new worldview. Indigenous, earth-centered cultures would not conform, and so they were systematically eradicated. There are still an estimated 5 million, 5 million hunter-gatherers living on the earth today. And so this way of life has never fully disappeared. But mostly, the people who tied their lives to the rhythms of the natural world and never saw themselves as separate from it, these groups of people were hunted, conquered, colonized, and destroyed. We saw the height of this play out during the Inquisition and Crusades and the witch burnings. The extreme violence of this worldview has not stopped at eradicating cultures. It has burrowed itself deeply into the individual psyche. Because women cannot fully extract ourselves from nature, being that we pass children through our bodies just as other animals do, and that our form, our curves, our breasts elicits animal lust from other male counterparts, we've been systematically destroyed as well. We've turned against each other and against ourselves. We've grown to hate our wildness. We shave every square inch of our bodies, save our heads. We perfume every inch of ourselves, erasing our wild scent. We dull our cycling hormones with synthetic birth control. We suppress our fierce rage, twisting it into competition, self-loathing, addictions, overspending, and so many other things. Men haven't fared much better, honestly. Without sovereignty, men have become cogs in the wheel. Without honor, without elders, without brotherhood, 
without constructive exertion of power and creativity. They've been lost to their rage, their addictions, their escapism into pornography, video games, gambling. We have reached the apex of this fork in the road. We've extracted ourselves as much from nature and the web of life as we can before our human thread in this web snaps irrevocably. Fertility rates are plummeting. One researcher claims that if sperm rates continue falling at the current rate, global sperm counts will be effectively zero by 2045. In the past 11,000 years, since we took that fork in the road, humans have gone from a population of approximately 1 million globally to a population of 7.7 billion globally. As our numbers have exponentially exploded, the decline of other species has sharply accelerated. A recent United Nations report on biodiversity loss estimated that 25% of all species are faced with extinction in the next decade or two. So in the next 10 to 20 years, 25% of all species are faced with extinction. More than 400 vertebrate species have gone extinct in the last 100 years. Extinctions that would have taken 10,000 years to happen based on extinction rates prior to this current mass extinction event that we're living through. Approximately 20% of all amphibian species have already been lost in the same course of time. 70% of all individuals of vertebrate species have disappeared since 1970. So of every vertebrate species, 70% of the individual beings who make up that species have been lost from the earth since 1970. 75% of all flying insects in Germany have disappeared in the last 25 years. That number repeats all over the world. 200 years ago, there were approximately 60 million bison roaming the expanse of North America. By 1884, there were 325 individuals remaining. Today, there are approximately 4,000 wild bison. These creatures were hunted into near extinction, not for food, not for clothing, but in an effort to eradicate a people. The indigenous people of North America made their culture around the movement of the bison and in the systematic decimation of that culture, the European settlers hunted and destroyed 60 million bison, leaving their bodies to rot in the sun. Professor Paul Ehrlich of Stanford University says, and I quote, when humanity exterminates other creatures, it is sawing off the limb on which it is sitting, destroying parts of our own life support system. The conservation of endangered species should be elevated to a global emergency for governments and institutions equal to the climate disruption to which it is linked. In addition to species loss, climate change is bringing 100-year storms every year. 
Massive areas of the landscape are becoming deserts, aquifers are drying up, sea levels are rising, tornadoes and hurricanes are destroying towns, an ice storm paralyzed Texas. And the novel coronavirus has claimed the lives of 2.7 million people worldwide. We've coexisted with other forms of life on this planet for more than 200,000 years. In the past 11,000 years, we've taken a different course and brought violence and destruction to the land and to ourselves. In the past 200 years, our capabilities to destroy have advanced exponentially with the advancement of our technology. And now we are teetering on the edge of a cliff. Will we join the 70% of all vertebrates who are facing disappearance from the earth or 90% of all ocean fish that have already disappeared? We can't go back in time, but we can go forward differently. If we look back at that fork in the road 11,000 years ago, when we decided to accumulate and amass and dominate and concentrate power and take a clear-eyed look at the outcome of that worldview, perhaps we can reorient ourselves toward the worldview that we chose to leave behind. This worldview that we left behind is the way of magic. Those who've been called witches, who've been othered and systematically destroyed by the chosen and exalted ones, have been those who refused to follow the mass of humanity down this fork in the road. We've refused to believe that we are separate from life, above, in control, dominating. We refuse to believe in a vindictive, punishing, cruel God who would grant us permission to slaughter anyone who doesn't conform to our laws. We refuse to terraform the world to create empire for a few powerful men. And for our refusal, we've been tortured, poisoned, burned, drowned, excommunicated, and crucified. This is Holy Week in the Christian religion. Today is the day that the great magician Jesus has a ritual supper with his beloveds, sweats blood in the garden at the base of ancient olive trees as his only witnesses besides the supernatural beings called angels, and tomorrow goes to his death at the hands of empire. He refused to conform. He warned us about the dangers at the end of this road we've chosen. Even those who lapped up his teachings and turned them into another form of empire without ever heeding them. And it has been 2,000 years. There have been many other prophets and teachers, and we have continued down this bloody and barren road. How do we live in these times? Honestly, I believe that those of us who have drunk from the well of control and dominion and conquest should take as our teachers those who have borne the weight of that worldview. The marginalized, the oppressed, the invisible. I learned this truth deeply when I volunteered for the Pachamama Alliance. A group of people from the United States partnered with the Achuar people of the Amazon rainforest to change the dream of the modern world. 
Their goal was to help us reintegrate into the web of life and change course before it's too late. They offer a symposium called Awakening the Dreamer, Changing the Dream. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. They now offer the symposium online and for free. The teachings of these intact, fully human cultures have the power to lift us out of this hellscape we're creating and whose destruction is rapidly accelerating. In my experience and opinion, I feel that all of us who have been indoctrinated by empire should sit at the feet of indigenous intact people. We should make our teachers the non-gender conforming, the witches, the black and brown and Asian people, the femmes, the trees, the waters, the plants, the bison. Let us all sit at the feet of these elders, those who have survived and endured and persisted in the face of the world-eating machine and remained intact in their spirits and in their hearts. Let us sit at their feet and relearn community, compassion, hospitality, earth stewardship, peace, and magic. All of those who have centered the world around their own need for power and control and greed would do well to decentralize themselves, to sit down, to listen quietly, and then act in solidarity with the wisdom of those who persisted. Maybe this is what the great magician Jesus meant when he said that the meek would inherit the earth. Maybe this is the true message of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Perhaps they're blessed because they never took that fork in the road. And they can lead us back to the paradise that was never truly lost to us but that we extracted ourselves from and have abused to the brink of collapse. This rejoining of the web of life for me is the whole point and purpose of magic. Anything else just feeds the world eating machine. Until next time, I invite you to find yourself a teacher who is intact who remembers another way. May we all find a teacher like this, whether it's a tree or an animal or a human. And may we learn to listen to their teachings and act in solidarity. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook at The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me, and it's time to come back to life.